Hello, and welcome to a very special episode. This is the best of 2016 episode, episode 114 of the Apolog podcast. I am your host, Simon Head. This episode is brought to you in part by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial by going to www.audibletrial.com slash Apolog. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, or your Kindle player. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash Apolog and go pick out a book. This episode is also brought to you by Amazon. Well, it's an affiliate program. By going to www.apolog.ca slash Amazon, all Canadians will be magically transported to Amazon. There is no other thinking to be done. For everybody else in the rest of the world, you can go to apolog.ca and click on those links on the right side. Bookmark those links, and every time you shop on Amazon, you'll be supporting the show. It helps the show, it helps the show out immensely. I see a mount every week, just give it a little bit here, a little bit there, and but it really does helps and contributes to the show, and it helps me out tremendously. If you're interested in pledging on a monthly basis, you can go to patreon.com slash apologue. Sorry, my page is messed up. You can pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees. You can cancel at any time. I have patrons, and patrons help the show out, and patrons help my Patreon campaign. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Go to patreon.com slash applog. Insight Recorders is a place to have your album recorded, mixed, and mastered with a professional touch. If you're interested in having your record mixed and mastered by a professional, that's me, you can go to insightrecorders.com slash rates for more details. Check it out. There's tons of things. It's not just, it's not just a recording studio, but you can send online your record It'll get mixed. It'll get mastered. You can even have some counsel. And there's even a place to shop. If you want to sell it, you can just sell it on the store. It's a pretty cool little function, and it's a cool website. Please go there, insightrecorders.com, slash rates for more details. Go to applog.ca slash shop if you want to buy a T-shirt or if you want to purchase the Foursquare discography. That's my old band for $20. You can do that. Don't forget to like the show on Facebook, and don't forget to rate, review, and give the show some stars on iTunes by searching out Apolog Podcast on iTunes and help that show out. Hey, that's the bits. It was it was stilted, I understand, but it's early, and it's day before Christmas Eve, and this is the best of 2016s. It's all gold from here on, folks. Usually, I, last year, I did this with my friend Kyle. My friend Kyle Stanley is a very busy man, and he couldn't make it tonight. I keep asking him to be on the show, but he's very busy, and he was, wasn't busy last year. Last year, he didn't have a job. Now he does, so it seems that he is just too busy to do anything, but it's just going to be a different kind of show. It's going to be me talking about some of my favorite moments of the year. If you're interested and you want to you know, pitch into the show, you want to give some ideas, you can go to appalock.ca slash contact, and you can... Send me a note. Tell me how much you like or dislike the show. It really does help me out. And you, it's your show. It's not just my show. It's your show, too. So every week, everybody, everybody tunes into this show. And uh, hopefully they have a good time. This is the best of 2016. And here it comes.
So every week, I've been doing a show, this podcast, for two years now. This is the second year of doing it. I'm very proud to say that it's been a, it's been fun. It's been learn. It's been such a great learning experience. It's tough not to say um and ah, uh, and there's lots of exciting things that have happened and lots of neat little conversations that I've had. And when I first started the podcast, I really just wanted this podcast to be something for me to learn. I just wanted to learn how to do it. I want to learn how to make websites. I wanted to learn how to create something. I always appreciated podcasts. I thought podcasts are like it's punk rock of radio, and it's something that not a lot of people get to you know to do, but a lot of people listen to it. And there's almost a podcast for everything. Just look on iTunes. There's a podcast for everything. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through my favorite parts, my favorite ep- my favorite parts of favorite episodes. And just because if folks, if you know, if you're listening and you were on the show and you're not on here, it's not that you weren't my favorite. <laughs> it just means that I have to pick the best parts, you know, and like it's, it's a, it's a tricky situation. Otherwise the show would be 52 hours long. And I think 52 hours long is just a little bit too long for everybody. But what I'd like you to do is please just, just listen to the bits here because the bits are important. And the first bit I'm going to talk to you and play for you is this is Amanda Wilkinson. Amanda Wilkinson is the singer of not just this band called the Small Town Pistols, this band I work for, but she's also a the lead singer of a, the, a band called the Wilkinsons, one of three lead singers. She had a, they had Grammy nominations when she was like 16 years old. So she's lived with fame. She's lived, she's met all these crazy people and she's had all these crazy experiences. And Small Town Pistols is a band that her and her brother Tyler started and Tyler's been on the show and we've had the conversation with Tyler and with Amanda on two separate levels about being in a band. And, Amanda basically talks here about what it's like and what the future of possibly what small town pistols. And here it is. Who knows what's going to happen in the future? I mean, I'm like I said, I'm 34 mm-hmm. and sadly um, females in this industry still have a shelf life. So as yeah. long as I'm able to do it and have fun with my bro doing it and it makes sense, I'll do it. I think ultimately. So what she's basically saying is if I'm having fun, I'm going to keep doing it. And that's sort of the the underlying thing of musicians is that there's a lot of people in secretively they do want fame and they want to have something they want money and you know and they want recognition that's a big thing and when you want recognition you're going to you know you're going to do what you need to do and a lot of things when it came to Amanda she talks about this in at length there's a lot of hard work but also a fluke and that's sort of the industry in, into a team. Now we're going to talk to Ben Rispin. And Ben Ben has always been Ben Rispin to me. Like he he's played in several bands that I've enjoyed. One of them being St. Alvia Cartel. He's also a promoter and just an all-around good guy. And in this seg in this little bit here he talks about being relevant. It's it's hard. It's hard work, man. And then there's you know, and things change with fashion. Like things, you know, like you know, like whatever the kids somebody you know, some influencer might not think that this venue is not cool anymore. And then so you got to like try to like reinvent yourself to be cool or, or things like that. So it's always tough. But that goes for like even being in bands and, you know, times change and stuff. And so you got to try to stay relevant. You got to keep you just got to keep keep at it, man. But I like I'm definitely me and my wife are definitely not rich, but I, I by no means feel like a failure because I get to work on things that I love doing. Like, and I love punk rock music and I, well, I, I love all music, but I love I love the way punk rock comes together like uh as probably like everyone's just cooler. It's just oh, it's everything about punk rock is like 
every other kind of music, but a bit cooler or something <laughs> to me. That's just the way I see it. <sighs> Punk rock. Punk rock is a, is a big thing about this show. It's not just the be-all and end-all it's show, because punk rock is, is a very important part of my life. But also, I, I like pop music. I like, I like different types of music. I like, I think, I've said this before, but I, I enjoy the fact that if you can find something good in the music, then that makes you a music lover. doesn't matter what type of music it is. doesn't matter what's being said, what the message is. Barring any sort of hate speech or anything sort of that needs to, or something that's, you know, sexist or misogynist or whatever. But if you mean what you say, it's not, I can't tell you you're wrong. If you, I don't know. Especially when they're singing at me through speakers. Uh, here's Brian Doherty from Big Wreck. And he talks about Europe. We had a, I've had a conversation. We've had this conversation a couple of times. I'm, I'm still, some of it I'm curious about. I just, I don't know the industry too well. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I do see from Canada is, you know, you take your Mac goods and your, uh, uh, you know, all the bands that we know, uh, how they, a lot of them just put out, you put out your record, you do your, you cross Canada thing, and then you go over to Europe for months. Mm-hmm come back you take a little break and then you do that cycle again and they're all and they're all doing pretty well yeah you know they're, they're making a living doing that and they're not really crossing into the states so much you know i think that's the key yeah i i, I think like, if you want to just stick like keep it easy and ha- not have to deal with the brutality of the states uh just because the market's so competitive mm-hmm. um you've got to you've got to get that european fan base do you agree with that I definitely do. And that's for a guy who was in his early 30s that could go over to Europe and play music in front of people that appreciated his music. That's me. I'm talking about me, by the way. That's very important to people like us that need to go over to Europe because for some reason, and I just actually so interesting, I just had a conversation and the episode's not even out yet, that people appreciate you getting in a vehicle, getting on a plane and traveling distance to to be on the show or to be on a show to play in a play in a show and that speaks volumes because if you're a band that's local and you play locally all the time then okay you'll be popular in your local town but people will ultimately get bored of you unless you have some secret knack where you can write 100 songs a week and then you can just wow them every time you play a show with brand new music but then that's not you know i don't know that's not doable that won't happen Next, we're going to talk about Connor. Connor, love it, Frazier, my favorite person on earth. He's, they just put a new record out. Boys and I just put a new record out, and it's called Black Dogs, and it's on Good Fight Music, and it is amazing. It's a great record. And it's a funny thing, that was going to be like a full-length album, and it turned into a six-song EP because they trimmed it down, and they just wanted the best of the best of the best. And I love that because... They're not trying to impress anybody. They just want to put a record out. They're not even touring it. They're not even playing live shows. But I am happy to announce that Connor is writing some lyrics and will be singing on a new project that I'm working on with him. Also, there's a few other people involved. Uh, Mike Indovino, who plays in a band called The Cheap Suits. I also play in, used to play in the Fairmounts. He's playing drums on it. It's, it's really good. And Connor hasn't actually... I know it's going to be great, but I, Connor actually didn't send me any words, but I know that he writes such gold. I don't really care. He could write poop, 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 farts, and then it'll be great. But here he is talking about the modern day, the modern day record industry, when deals were made, 
when we were doing the last couple albums, even then when it was starting to kind of the music industry to go south and mm-hmm. grasp for whatever they could, is you know, producers and, and everybody would start having deals written in where they get a cut of merch, mm-hmm. where they get a cut of this and that, and the label gets cuts of everything that just goes a little deeper. And then the musician always ends up getting the short end of the stick, it seems to me. Yep. Um, unless you're some massive entity. Yeah, that's that's crazy stuff. What he's basically said, like basically what in the olden days, the olden days, like back in the you know pioneer days of record industry, people would put out your record and they would put it in record stores and they would have a team of people that would try and put it on the radio and then it would get on the radio and then records would sell and then people would you know make money. So it wouldn't just be the record industry uh, or the record labels. It would be the bands also would be making money. But what happened along this crazy road over the past 30 years is that digital media took over. So there's no actual physical media to sell really anymore, unless you're talking about vinyl. That's a whole different story, a different conversation. But if you're buying a virtual piece of software, there's no need for the record plant. There's no need for um, a staff of people to... Um, be hired to to make CDs and to work at the print uh, factory. There's also no real reason to be on the radio anymore. Radio is a dead medium. A lot of people might, some people might disagree with me, and you're welcome to chime in on the show and let me know whether or not you think that radio is dead. I know that I listened to radio over the past year like twice, and it's good to get caught up. It's like an old soap opera. I hear what's, you know, I put on our local alternative radio station, and I listen to... Uh, uh, 102 The Edge, and I go, oh, okay, that's what people listen to. And I bet you tomorrow when I listen around the same time, they're going to play the song again. So it doesn't really matter. So it's like getting caught up on your favorite um, <laughs> soap opera. Moving along here. Darren Dumas is the singer of the band The Salads, and The Salads, I think, just broke up about a month ago. There was a some sort of mm, thing about it was great being in this band. This band is no more. This is I'm paraphrasing Darren's Facebook update, but the the salads are no more. But the salads were a band that actually had so much going for them, and they were just a great band. And talk about a band that got chewed up by the record industry. That that would be the salads to a T. So here he is. He's talking about the day he joined the salads. The salads at that time, they had just released a full record, and the industry people that they were putting this record out to kept telling them the record's great, but you're all doing vocals there's no lead singer you need a, a lead frontman so they were kind of all on the search for a frontman and saw me perform with my band who was again not too serious but just having fun with what we were doing and one guy was about to go off to teach english in japan and so we were splitting up anyways in the salads at that particular show all all it, at the same time we're like you thinking what i'm thinking look at this guy like Mm-hmm. Let's give him a try and didn't have any auditions for anybody else and just brought me in and we that's how it happened. We started writing songs like Get Loose and Roth Kung Fu and the whole full day to be record and it just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah, early days of the salads. It was good fresh days, good times and those those dudes were awesome, are awesome people. Um here's another dude that's been kicking around the music industry for the past twenty something odd years. His name's Greg Norrie. Greg Norrie, I was actually pleased to actually, by accident, not by accident, but I, not by design either, I was up in Sault Ste. Marie um, playing uh, on Dan Neistat's Bear Show with um, my buddy Mike Hodden. And uh, 
I asked Greg to be on the podcast, and he did. And we had, you know, that would be up to one of the one of the greater episodes. Uh, if you're interested in going back and listening to that episode, I don't know what number it is, but they're all there still on iTunes. Go go check out the Greg Nori episode because he is very open, and he's just just a solid like talk. And uh, yeah, here is here is here he is talking about the music industry. I kept doing records, and there were a few that came, you know, through maybe three or four in the last six years that were real standout records to me, real standout musician songwriters, something that I really put my heart and soul into, that I really believed in. And, you know, that every one of them had the same story at the end. Like six months later, I would call them and be like, so, so okay, we did the record. What happened? Mm-hmm, and they're like, mm-hmm. well, um, you know, we couldn't get factor money and record labels aren't signing any bands and giving them development money. And so we couldn't get a video done. We couldn't even get a website built, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like all this stuff that record labels used to sort of develop bands, they would provide that kind of service. And, and now what's happening and, and I've seen it happen too much is that, man, if you don't get, if you don't get factor money these days, then you're really a band's paying for all this stuff on their own. And that is true. It's Greg actually has come up with a neat new way to perhaps help bands out and help perhaps help the music industry out. I don't know how far he's gone with it, but Greg has always been a forward thinker. Greg's a very passionate person. He has a very passionate look at life. <laughs> and when he's on something, you can't get him off. He's he's he is like a dog with a with a bone or a dog that's chewing on a piece of branch and just won't let go. And that's a pretty important trait in the music industry. Someone that doesn't give up. And that's Greg. Greg Greg's had everything. He's had highs, he's had lows, he's had, you know, he's he has, you know, he's he's one of a kind. And uh, you know, and I, I love the guy and I hadn't talked to him in a long time. But I, I do urge you to go back and listen to that episode because that was a very neat um conversation. Long conversation. I had in Dustin Jones's uh, studio, by the way. Next, we're going to talk about uh, talk to Jim Bryson. Jim Bryson is a guy that I've known for well over twenty years, twenty five years now. He used to play in a band called Punch Buggy, and he's then he's played in the Weaker Thans. He's played with the Tragically Hip. He's played with all sorts of people. He plays almost every instrument. He's played almost every instrument in, in every band on earth. I'm pr- I'm pretty convinced. He's built himself a studio in his backyard in Stittsville, and uh, one day I want to go up there and say hi see what he's got going on up there he did a live stream on facebook the other day and i highly recommend following jim bryson because he does forward thinking things too by streaming his his performances through from his studio he just got like 1600 people watching his feed he's a very cool guy and here he is jim bryson he's not only just a musician but he's a producer here he is talking about being a producer I get very into things that I like about songs and sure. I mean mostly I do like to hear how people play together. Yeah. Um but at, at, I do like to discuss, you know, songs and how songs are structured and things like that and I'm not I'm not very invasive though. Like I I I don't tell somebody I don't tell somebody what to do or what not to do in any way, shape, or form. You know, I just sort of, I just sort of, you know, where, wherever it's comfortable and however it's working. Like if it makes sense to, um, you know, change something that 
you know, like if if it comes to solo sections or something, I'm I, I really like instrumental sections of songs. Right. So I often will suggest that they become. If someone's like, "Oh, I really need a bridge," I often say, "You don't need a bridge. You just need an instrumental section that's different from the rest of the song, because it becomes its own bridge." <laughs> If you guys, I mean, I I just follow that. It makes me giggle because he's just saying, just write a bridge, don't sing. Like that's that's all the change you might need is just don't sing in in this part. Like, could you imagine someone told Led Zeppelin that? Hey, Robert, um, thanks, but uh, we're just gonna let the band jam on this one. But uh, <laughs> Jim's a great guy too. I've I've known him a long time. Here's another guy I've known for a hundred million years. This is John Sutton, and here he is talking about bands that try too hard. When you're in your mid-twenties, at least for me, uh, the ideals are so high that music is the ultimate power and our message is so important. And you, you meet all these people that their goal is to get on the radio and get the big video and tour everywhere. And I guess that's, that's great, but it just seemed like they were compromising. They didn't care what they were singing about or what they were doing. They just wanted the fame more than the uh, true musical experience. And... Uh, so consequently, a lot of my scene in Winnipeg, they didn't want, they didn't want to go anywhere near Toronto. They didn't want to be part of the big, the big cheesy thing that Machine. we saw. Yeah, it looked like we just saw these bands that were doing these subpar, crappy, safe music that we just thought it was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> that is a prairie mentality, by the way. It, there is some sort of uh, truth there as well that, if you're from the country, you always look at the big city as being the big city. But Winnipeg is not the country. Like, the Win- Winnipeg has over 400,000 people in it. Like, I'm sure it's up to almost 800,000 people now. So it's a pretty big place, but they still have this hometown mentality. And John's actually originally from Regina, which is even a smaller, shittier part of Canada. Sorry, Regin- Reginians, Reginians, but Regina's a shithole. Um, yeah, there's not much more I can say about that, only that John John says it like it is. And I met John uh, in the early part of 1991, and, and we've been f- kind of friends since 1992. We were roommates for a while when I moved out to Winnipeg to be in that band Red Fisher. And uh, John's just a sweetheart. He's a great guy. He lives in Toronto now. Ironically enough, lives in Toronto, and he works at the, at the uh, ACC as a technician there. Here's another guy who's from the middle of nowhere. This is Johnny Naster. Johnny Naster played in a band called Headcramp. He also played in a band called The Dinks, both bands that I had worked with in the mid-90s when I used to travel around my recording studios to record bands. And Johnny is an entrepreneur. Johnny comes up with ideas, and, and then people you know, get into his idea, and they fund it. He's... He's a really amazing dude. And actually, this would be another one of those listen to the full episode because he speaks a lot of truth and he speaks a lot of knowledge and there's a lot of stuff that comes out. And uh, he's a very nice guy and he gives me, he pays me a very nice compliment, by the way, in that episode. And if you find it, let me know because he, you know, he basically uses me as an example of becoming an entrepreneur. So that's kind of cool, actually, because, you know, I look up to him with stuff like that about coming up with ideas. And speaking of ideas... Here it's his look, and it kind of changed my view about coming up with an idea. And his idea is basically get people in on your idea. You have to use other people 
because they're smarter than us. Mm-hmm. We're not the smartest people in this world at no. all, by far. No. Um, and it's giving that idea to as many people as you can with the hope that they'll just give you something slight back to tweak it and yeah. then tweak it and then tweak it. And then all of a sudden you have this amazing idea at the end. Oh, that was fast. <laughs> yes. See, he spoke some truth there and it happened so fast that I wasn't even paying attention to the, to the session here. Uh, yeah, like I say, go back, listen to that full episode because he is a very cool guy. He also has a podcast himself called Hack the Entrepreneur. He's written a book called Hack the Pro Entrepreneur. Um, he's a very successful kind of entrepreneur and a uh, great guy. Michael Vujavuda. Now, I finally figured out how to say his name because I asked him in person. Like I said, what? how do you say your last name? Because it's it starts with a W. There's a J in there. He's like, it's Vujavuda. Because, duh, <laughs> like, yeah, okay, Vuyavuda. Michael Vuyavuda is a record producer. He's also a musician. He's produced some great records. He's produced, uh, uh, remember that band called Bare Naked Ladies? Well, he produced Gordon, that record. That was their first sort of big come onto a major record label, label, record label, label, record. Uh, he's also produced some of my favorite records. Um, two of them are by the same band, Real Statics, Melville, and Whale Music. And he's produced inter- in introducing happiness and like he's produced almost he's i think he's produced every single thing they've done he played drums in the band too but here he is he's talking about albums i think everyone needs to make vinyl of their music for this very reason if you've ever gone to the seen mayan glyphs you know or the ruins of the aztecs or mm-hmm. fortunate enough to see nubian or you know yeah. Pyramids, like Tulum or somewhere in Mexico sure, or something. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, the idea is that if you really want what you have done to be unearthed by anthropologists a thousand years from now, the only medium that will be able to be played back will be vinyl. And here's why: is, is as we already know, digital information on a on a on a magnetic surface could last for eons, but unless you understand the header information that defines the operating system that tells you mm-hmm. what the first one or zero of that sequence that follows there's an, is there's supposed a code. to mean, yeah. uh, without the cipher, mm-hmm. it, it will be it will be virtually it, it seems to me it would be so so almost impossible to decipher it. Mm-hmm. And then if you just unplug the electricity from our culture, like for instance, if for any reason in some post apocalyptic sure. dystopic thing where we just all means of electrical current ceases in our mm-hmm. uh, anthropologists would look back at the late 20th century and go, they just all stopped making things. <laughs> making things. Yes, that's true. That's true. And what it, what could happen is we could lose everything. Like if there's a major uh, virus or something that wipes out all the computers on earth, your iTunes, your <laughs> iTunes thing is going to be screwed. You're not going to be able to play any music off your phone. It's gone. Records is the thing, you know, you know, although that is a very good case for records, albums, vinyl, that it will stick around. And, and if it gets burnt, then, oh, well, there is this burn. But you can physically rub a needle across and, and it'll, it'll play the song. And he talks some truth there. Ah, here's one. I actually had the opportunity in August to head out to Vancouver to... uh work on work with the small town pistols and i got to sit down with mina shum mina shum is a director she does documentaries she's done full-length films she worked with on one of sandra o's first movie called um introduced no what's it called double happiness 
I was going to say introducing happiness by the real statics, but double happiness. And um, that's her first real movie, as far as I know. And from there, she went in to work a lot. Uh, Sandra O worked with like HBO shows and then ended up being on a few, you know, big, big, big movies. And Mina, Mina, Mina's a, she grew up as a Chinese person in Vancouver. And here she is talking about when your family leaves, basically what happens is that, well, you just listen. There's a saying amongst immigrant children is your, your parents are stuck in whatever time period they left. Yeah. Whereas if they had um, um, been here, or even if we'd stayed in Hong Kong, they would have continued evolving mm-hmm. with the times. Yeah. But because they're, it's like part of what they're leaving is their home and their identity. Mm-hmm. So they hold on to their identity when they're in a new country. Mm-hmm. And they try to teach you like it's 1967 Hong Kong. There you go. Yeah, that's that's kind of neat stuff to, to think about is that, you know, when you leave your country, all you know is what the country was. And the country changes. Everything changes. And, and you're trying to hold on to your home. You're trying to hold on to your life. And... The world changes around you as a result. Um, yeah, that was a good one too. If you want to go back, listen to that episode. Here's another one. Here's another one of the great solid episodes. Um, I got the chance to meet with a clinical psychologist, and his name is Oren Amity. Oren, I can't, how do I explain this guy? I met him through a mutual friend years ago, and I don't remember, but uh, he's just a, he's a smart guy. He has his own podcast as well called The Real Realness, I think it's believe it's called. And uh, I had him on the show. I ended up being on his show. And then here's Oren talking about like when things quiet down. This is the first time ever in humanity where people are, their instinct uh, when they have nothing to do is to whip out the technology to externalize their focus. People are learning that ability to internalize, to reflect, to disconnect, and just whether it's to steady the brain Mm-hmm. Or whether it's to actually reflect on their day, what they said, what they did. Yeah, quiet time. Quiet time. Yeah. Yeah, so what he's talking about is when, you know, obviously, when we just as a society now, is much, it's easier for us to pull out our phones and look at what's going on than it is just to sit quiet. So that, that was a cool little bit. But there's so many tidbits of information and cool realizations on that on that podcast. And he's also a family expert, and he's a court-appointed family expert. So... He knows what he's talking about, folks. Uh, oh, here's one. I had, okay, here's a, this is a very, kind of a neat story. It's like, I had a mutual friend. His name is Pat Lackenbauer. And he had just put out a podcast around the same time as I did. And I started listening to his podcast because I wanted to get one of the guests that he already had on it. And that was Roger Pasutka. And Roger's this is interesting guy. And he was on Pat's episode, a uh, podcast called Moving Air. And when, and when I wanted to get um, Roger on the show, he'd already been on pa- Pat's show. And I was like, oh, crap. Oh, well. So I actually listened to Pod's, Pat's podcast, Moving Air. And I was kind of like, wow, this is really cool. This is neat because it's people talking about their life stories. But everybody has some sort of connection to someone else's story. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a story. You know, there would just be some guy talking in a minute. So when you hear people talking, so that really, really hit, struck a chord with me because I thought, oh, that's very cool. There's people out talking and I can relate to them. And uh, so I reached out to, uh, to to Pat. That's my least favorite word, by the way, is reaching out or phrase. I, I, I actually contacted 
Pat through his email and said, I really like what you're doing. And uh, it's very cool. And he offered, he asked for me to be on the show. And I ended up being on the show. And I'm on his show, Moving Air Podcast. And we had a really cool conversation. He ended up coming back on my show. And he's since put his podcast on ice. And uh, since March. And I've been keep keep bugging him. Because he actually asked if I would like to help him produce his uh, his um, podcast by helping upload and do because he's he's the talker but he's not much of a technology person and I'm you know I'm obviously I'm very tech, I like technology so he asked me to help produce his his episode and I couldn't because I'm already doing my show and I'm busy enough with it and so he's since put his show on on hold so if everybody wants to make this show happen Pat's show I please just for me don't even you know whatever even if you don't like podcasts. Please reach out to, here I said it again, contact Pat Lackenbauer at Moving Air Podcast. It's movingairpod.com. Send him a a little nudge and say, hey, Simon says you should keep doing this show because I like his show. It's fun to listen to. But here he is. He's talking about podcasts, ironically enough. You know, you put all the time and the effort, the legwork, and then someday... Yeah, all of a sudden it starts getting governed and, you know, it, it, that's worrisome for sure. I mean, a while back there was, uh, I forget what it was called, but some lawyers, a bunch of lawyers oh, got together trolls. and they, yeah, the patent trolls, you know, and they're, they're trying to burn uh, Corolla and uh, Mark Marin and, and uh, you know, fuck that shit. Yeah. Like, that's a, that's a, that's a bummer, man. But at least they, they, they got by it. They fought them and they got by it for now, the first round here. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But that would be a real bummer because I agree with you. I mean, that's what's so amazing about podcasts. You can find anything that you want, whatever your interest is. And you don't, you don't, you, we can say anything we want. We can do anything we want. And, and that's beautiful, man. I, I mean, I do see the day when we're going to get, uh, you know, it's gonna it's gonna turn out a little bit different, but uh, right now, mm-hmm. I love it. There you are. So, Pat, do your show. I'm gonna. I'm actually. I'm gonna let you know that this. You have to keep doing your podcast. If you don't do your podcast, then uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe come be a, co- a host, and we'll do two shows a week, and you can be one we- half of the week. I'll do the other half. Something like that. That's a good idea. I actually asked a few people if they wanted to help me out. If you actually here, you are public. If you want to be on this show and you want to be on a, you want to make your podcast, well, I can't completely build your whole podcast for you. But if you want to keep putting shows and you want to put a show on this show, it'll be on like, say, I put my shows out on Mondays. If you want to put your show out on Wednesday, then just use the podcast, my feed, and put a podcast out. There you go. And, it, you know, obviously, it can't be about um, hating black people or something. Like, it has to actually have a real purpose. Whatever your podcast, it doesn't even have to be like my show. But if you, if you like stuff and you want to do a show, then, you know, contact me. Let's make it happen. All right, anyways, here we are. Rob Higgins. Rob Higgins is the bass player in uh, Dearly Beloved. He's, he's just a cool dude. He's, uh, he, he has uh, rock and roll royalty in his blood. He's uh, the nephew of Getty Lee, the bass player of Rush. He's uh, just a kind of a cool guy. And actually, this is early part of the year, and we were outside in his backyard. So when you listen to this, you might hear some, like, you know, cars moving around, the cityscape. Here's Rob talking about the careerist mindset. It's this whole careerist mindset in the music business that has, you know, that's a drag for some, for some other people that do it for different reasons. And, yeah. And, and 
it's great that there are still bands out there that are dangerous and do it because they have to and you know people some people like to think that those bands don't exist that that everyone now it's is all contrived that it's all contrived yeah. but i disagree I, i've you know we see it we've yeah. toured with them we we've met them on the road there yeah. are bands out there that i've recorded are, a few of them that are doing things because they have to the real deal yeah the real deal that fucking yeah. shit still exists and yeah. uh yeah he's talking about honesty there folks and if you're honest about something, I truly believe that people will follow. And that's, if you come up with an idea and people subscribe to your idea and you're honest about it, I, I can't, you know, I have no opinion. I shouldn't have an opinion. No one should because you're saying what you mean and that's it. Here we are coming up on Roger Skinner. Roger Skinner is a flamenco guitar player. He use, He teaches flamenco guitar at york university where i used to work and uh he he's an interesting guy because he he came up in the sort of the 80s and 70s uh as a graphic designer and then learned to play flamenco guitar as a young age he's from a very small island called malta and he's basically talking about family in this my dad was a very, very, my dad was an athlete, a soccer player, yeah, yeah. A professional soccer player. And he, um, and then he got into arts and arts promotion. You know, he was a great mm-hmm. guy. Um, but he was very supportive of me. He could never understand what it is I did, you know. And he actually okay. said to me, you know, when I said, I decided to become a professional, I was 18. I'm mm-hmm. going to become a flamenco guitarist. I had seen Paco Lucia. I'm like, okay. I want to be this guy. <laughs> yeah. And my dad just said, you and the other guy who likes it should do really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you should hear this band called Led Zeppelin. They're doing pretty good. <laughs> so that's stuck in my head. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, but they were very. My family was very supportive. They of just course. did not understand. Yeah, I love Roger's laugh. Roger, um, he would do shows at York, and then he'd giggle a lot. And I actually made, unbeknownst to him, I made a, a compilation of all the giggles. Um, that he'd say in between an- announcing things. And it's it's actually, it's about three and a half minutes long of his like little chuckles. So that's Roger Skinner. He's talking about his, his, his father primarily and just the support from his family. Okay, so on this show, most of the people that I interview, um, I'd say a portion of them come from my friend, Melanie Kay, who is a pr- publicist. I almost said promoter twice. I had to actually stop and it's because I say promoter. I don't know why I said promoter. But she's a publicist and she used to work for Fat Records, Canada. And she's been in the record industry for, I don't know, 25 years. Um, and she sends me people to interview. And everyone, most of them, I'm going to say 99.9999% of them are good talks and good hangs. Um, one of them was, um, he's, actually, he's not on the show, but I can't, you know. They're just good people, you know. But there's this one particular person, and it's been mentioned by on our hundredth episode by a certain person, by Tyler actually, who who talked about this one moment where basically the interview went awkward, and it started off with this. Okay, now, now, okay, now you're pushing me to breaking point. Enough about this blues crap. <laughs> that's Son of Dave, and Son of Dave, it, you know what? Son of Dave used to be in. A band, and you know, we don't need to beat around the bush, but the band was actually pretty popular. Yeah, they're called the Crash Test Dummies. He was the even the Crash Test Dummies. 
and he quit the band and he's doing really good, successful. But this is the type of interview where, you know, on the podcast where I'm like, does this guy even really, does he even, does he, does he even want to talk? Is this a, you know, and I'm trying to have some sort of, you know, cordial conversation. And granted, this is, you know, I'm not you know, by any stretch of imagination an interviewer, professional. I like talking with people and I, I like the moments when we come up with little, oh, moments. And that's what I think this show is about. And maybe I talked a little bit too much about blues, but, uh, you know, it came up with this. Okay, now, now, okay, now you're pushing me to breaking point. Enough about this blues crap. And I had to play it again there. Blues crap. And we had a conversation. It was funny. The earlier part of it was talking about, like, the bands that we would laugh at that would be at blues festivals, you know. So there you are. You know what, Sonny Dave? Don't come on my show anymore. I, You know, I don't care. You know, if you don't want to be on the show, you want to come on the show and talk about that, then that's fine. But this is my show, and you're not welcome on it anymore. There you go. Done. I'm going to just play one more time, because this will be the last time you hear Son of Dave on the show. Okay, now, now, okay, now you're pushing me to breaking point. Enough about this blues crap. <laughs> ah, fuck you, Son of Dave. So anyways, um, we got a couple more here, and it, let's, let's talk a little bit about this. I had punk rock legend on my show. His name is Stefan Egerton. He um, plays in The Descendants and all. He's a, one of my oldest friends, actually. Uh, he produced a early record that I played on by my band uh, that I played in called uh, Kingpin, which later became Trigger Happy in my early 20s. He's a very, very cool guy. And when he joined the Descendants, you know, that's almost like kind of winning the punk rock lottery. And uh, here he is talking about joining the Descendants. When Carl got to, you know, the chance to go out and play with with Bill and Milo and, and you know, was offered to to join the band hmm. and so when i called to congratulate him that's when i found out they actually needed a guitar player too and nice. so um so i kind of quickly headed out there and played with him and and it i think it probably made pretty good sense to bill and milo to just have well look these guys are already friends they have hmm. they have a musical you know relationship so i got to i got to hop <laughs> hop in the van too so <laughs> i get i just got to join the descendants it's no big deal that's that's you know, actually, that's a good episode. If anybody wants to uh, hear that episode, the funny part about that episode is near the end is that we're wrapping up, and I go, he goes, uh, I feel a wrap up. This is a wrap up. He goes, yeah, so that's what we're wrapping up. You know, <laughs> so speaking of wrapping up, um, I should probably end this, and uh, it's getting on, it's getting on in time here. But here's the last bit, anyways. This is Stephen Rawls from the band Belvedere, and here it is. I don't know if this sums it all up, but here it is. I'll tell you when I hear it because I haven't heard it in a while. This is Stephen Rawls talking about playing in a band. But, but that never leaves me. Yeah. And I still wonder whether I have grown up when it comes to this stuff because I still feel quite a lot like I did when I was 18. And I don't mean that in just of how I am maturity-wise, but just how I am about being in a band. I just feel like every great tour we do or every great show or great band we play with, I still feel like that little kid. And, and I don't know if that's a, a normal thing, but I still feel like that little 15-year-old kid going like, man, this is awesome. And yeah. so it's all still very exciting for me. I just I just can't you know be out there all the time. Yeah, that, that part was him talking about not being able to go out and tour 365 days of the year. And when you get older and you get kids and things like that, your life changes, believe me. And uh, you want to you know, make yourself happy at the same time. You want to, uh, you have to, you have fulfillment to your family. And that's, that's kind of what we were talking about. You know, he hated, he hates the fact where he's got to leave his poor little kid 
you know, behind. They have no clue what's going on. They just know that dad's not there. And then, you know, here he is talking about it. But I think it's a good way to sort of end it off because, you know, most of the people I talk to kind of come up with that conclusion. It's like, yeah, when I was 20, it was a really, really important part of my life. And as I get older and I start getting more into other things and I get in a relationship, that music isn't, it's, it doesn't necessarily take a back seat, but it gets prioritized. Uh, and if there's anything to take home from this episode, it's that. Music gets prioritized by people who love music and can't necessarily do it all the time for everybody, nor can they draw an audience where the music gets heard. And that doesn't necessarily make it bad music. It just makes it unfortunate for that person that tries very hard that might not necessarily get the break in life. And we're, like, let's face it, we're not all going to get the break in life. We're all going to have, you know, everybody's going to have uh, victories and losses. And that's an important thing, you know. So this is the wrap-up. Can you feel the wrap-up? Just the wrap-up. So listen, let me just play the music now, and then we'll keep talking because this is the end of the show. So thanks so much for listening to this show, everybody. I, I found a new love besides music and that's podcasting and I enjoy it's not like I enjoy the sound of my voice but I do enjoy speaking with people this is a different episode obviously and uh, you know I, the, the only episode I did was the one on the nils where I actually tried to put a little audio documentary together and that was that was hard and like no wonder people do seasons of shows because that's a lot of work it took, I did it in a week too so listen what's happening in the future I'm going to keep doing this. I keep, you know, I kept saying before that I'll do 100 episodes. But maybe I'll do 200 episodes and then we'll see how it goes. I have a good time doing it. I really enjoy having, like, being on some sort of deadline. Um, My whole life I've been sort of busy doing something. And uh, I find that when I'm not doing anything, that I usually pick up something and start doing it. So I haven't been writing as very much music, but podcast every week religiously uh i really enjoy the feedback i get from people but you could send more in so if you want to contact me through applelog.ca slash contact give me a give me a you know give me some advice let me know if you want to be on the show contact me through that if you know somebody who might want to be on the show as well who's a musician there's no caliber of music or success rate you know all you need to do is be a team player want to help people you know, play some music that's what you need to do I say that before but if you want to put a podcast together I've gone through all the mistakes most of them and if you want to put on a show you want to try something you want to slot, put a slot like maybe next year we'll try this try this so next year we're coming up fast on 2017 if you want to do a podcast and you have a recording means to record it or if you live in the Uxbridge area and you want to do something you want to come by my place and, and record a podcast all the power to you come on out let's do a podcast and you'll be on this feed and if you like it give it a couple episodes do your own podcast you know test the water I blathered on I really appreciate it again I can't say this enough but thank you so much everybody for the show two years is you know, for me it's, a, it's longer than any band I've ever been in <laughs> so well I'll have everybody have have a great Christmas. I think Christmas is over now because I think this is coming out on the Monday after Christmas. So 
have a great Christmas, everybody. Have a great holiday. Have a great New Year. We'll be back next year. I got two good episodes already lined up. Mr. Gary Begner, uh, great guy. I have uh, Andre Codini, an Italian friend of mine who plays in a band called Line Out. <sighs> good times, everybody. Happy New Year. Okay now now okay now you're pushing me to breaking point enough about this blues crap <laughs> <laughs>